So, I mean, just looking at some of these drives that Florida State's offense had, the longest drive of the game by the Florida State offense, eight plays, 87 yards in two minutes and 45 seconds. I mean, that's that's ridiculous. Hey, guys, it's Terrence Nan. You're listening to Hear the Spear presented by No Game Day. Go Dose. Hey, what's up? This is Peter Ward, a.k.a. E-Dub in the house. So we're listening to Hear the Spear. Presented by No Game Day. Go live, go nose. Hi, this is Charlie Ward, and you're listening to Hear the Spear, Go Nose. This is Terrell Fuckley. You're listening to Hear the Spear, presented by No Game Day. No bloody. But perhaps better known as the greatest corner to ever step on a football field, Deion Primetime Sanders. Great Deion Sanders, my brother. What's going on, man? I could, I could wake up to that greeting every day, man. That was awesome. Hello, those fans. This is former Seminole Derek Brooks, and you're listening to Here's the Spear, presented to you by No Game Day. James Wilder Jr. What's going on, James? Thanks for having me on. SSOD, Florida State or Die, and go no. William Barnon Floyd. Gentlemen, what's up? What's happening, guys? This is Logan from Here the Spear, presented to you by Noel Game Day. We are here with just a little bit of a late kind of reaction, not your instant reaction type of podcast uh, tonight. We are just going to sit back, relax, and just we had some time to think, and we're going to give a true reaction to Florida State's loss to Virginia uh, this past Saturday. With me tonight, I have my two co-hosts. Dustin Lewis is back with us, our lead writer and our lead graphic designer, Fisher Adkins. What's going on, you guys? Yeah, the prodigal son has returned. The what? The prodigal? I'm not good with pronunciation <laughs> of words. We just found that out. I thought about out. it in my head for like 30 seconds before I said that. <laughs> we just found that out. Well, <laughs> I'm uh, glad to have you back, Dustin. You feeling, feeling better? Yeah, I'm all right. Could have been better with a win on Saturday, that's for sure. (laughs) Delayed my recovery by another day and a half. Yeah, Yeah, the flu. Nasty, nasty, nasty. Mm -mm -mm. Yeah, so uh, we're just kind of just going to relax here. We'll record again on Wednesday looking ahead to the Louisville game on Saturday. But uh, we're going to kind of go back here and look at Florida State's road loss to uh, Virginia, which uh, was was pretty interesting. They lost 31-24. to Florida State now is 1-2. and Starting to feel a little bit kind of like last year where you're in September already and there's not really much to look forward to postseason play. Now you're kind of looking forward to hopefully seeing Florida State in a bowl game. Um, so already in September, and that's how it is right now in Tallahassee. Kind of sucks, but uh, Virginia actually goes from 25 to 21 in the AP poll. I don't know what uh, the AP poll is on, but uh, they move up four spots. But I just want to get y'all's reaction, and I'll give mine after y'all's, but y'all go ahead and throw out y'all's just <sighs> laid-out reaction to uh, that loss. Yeah, for me, I just it felt like a 180 from the first two games that we've seen Florida State play, where really the offense dominated while the defense had a lot of struggles and gave up a ton of yards and points. In this game, the 
the offense had struggles. Uh, they ended up punting six times and at times just couldn't really find a rhythm against that Virginia defense. And FSU's defense stepped up to the task and kept them in the game the, uh, for 60 minutes. So, I mean, really, what else, what else can you ask for out of the defense? I thought their performance was, I mean, pretty much everything you can want after what they showed in those first two weeks. They, they were resilient, they played tough, and they gave the team a shot to win. That's all you can ask for. Yeah, um, I think this was, um, for me, kind of going into this game, my mindset was I would be um, satisfied if I saw a competitive football game. Um, and that's kind of what we saw. And so I'm obviously disappointed with the result being a loss. But I don't feel like I can go back on what I previously said where I just wanted to see a competitive a competitive football game. So from that standpoint, um, you know, it, it, I'm not going to say I'm happy. I'm not going to say I'm, you know, pleased or satisfied, but encouraged, I guess is kind of the word that I would go with leaving this week. Um, a feeling that I had similarly leaving Boise state and then looked what happened the next week. So I'm not going to say that this team has, has reached a, a turning point or that they can, um, well, I think they can build all this, but I'm not going to say that this is, you know, uh, the last of, of, poor football that we'll see but uh overall encouraged you know um we see them improving uh on things and uh defense like uh like dustin said kind of gave them a chance to win and offense made plays um not not every time they had to but played well enough to to build a lead into halftime and uh, to have the lead in the fourth quarter and it and it looked you know the game felt like it was sustainable success it didn't feel like it was a fluke that that Florida State was in it. It felt like they were genuinely competing with Virginia, who is a, a, a very good football team. Um, so I'm just encouraged kind of leaving this football game. I, I'm i kind of iffy on it a little bit. I, I do think there was definitely you saw uh, some positives from the defensive side. Uh, offensively, I think the main problem was your commander, James Blackman, who seemed to, just a little – too sparky during the game kind of just throwing throws that you don't usually see from him some low throws some off throws some easy ones kind of just slinging it way too hard in certain situations I feel like he was kind of mentally out of it for the first part of the game and he kind of got back until of course now with everybody looks at the end of the game whenever he missed that wide open touchdown throw to Tamarion Terry um but he, he seemed kind of off, uh, and then now there's conversations uh, about wanting to have Hornybrook come in and and all that. But uh, I would just suggest people to go look at st- stats and other quarterbacks across the country <laughs> and uh, see. I actually have one right here, uh, a complete list of four, uh, the FBS quarterbacks with at least three passing touchdowns in three separate games this season. James Blackman. Tua from Alabama, Jalen Hurts from Oklahoma, Sam Ellinger from Texas, and Anthony Gordon from Washington State. So, um, you didn't want to try that last name for Tua? No, no I didn't want to try that one. I didn't want to embarrass <laughs> myself on here. <laughs> Whenever I hear the announcers say, I'm like, I just really hope I don't ever have to say that. Tagavaloa. Tag there you go. Y'all uh, got to learn to say, pronounce words. Better. Excuse me? I didn't. I wasn't the one that did it. Coming from the guy that's in Mississippi. Oh, jeez, that's Dang. my point. 
You keep harping on it, but you just have nothing to go off. Of. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, so we we saw better signs coming from the defense, uh, and we'll get to Jim Levitt and the higher there. I don't think. Well, I know we'll kind of agree on it too. I don't, I don't think Jim Levitt was a huge reason why I was getting better. Jim Levitt didn't have a lot of time. Uh, he was just hired during the week uh, heading into the Virginia game. So uh, there was signs. The the most disappointing part for like from coming from FSU fans and what I uh, take out of it for Florida State's play is that they are still undisciplined. It's it's unbelievable to say or see because I, I was doing the uh, do an instant reaction on our Instagram after every game and I just kept on harping on it. it's got to fix. They put themselves in holes and this is how they lose these games whenever if they're going to be close you can't be doing stupid stuff. Marvin Wilson who's one of your biggest leaders is going and having late hits uh, and messing around with players after the play has been called. Um and there's multiple other times where there's just unnecessary things happening, and it puts Florida State in a terrible spot. And from what I see on film, and I when I go to games, I just see Willie Taggart kind of going and tapping on their helmet, like, all right, that's all right, next time, just don't do it. It's a lot different than what you would see, you know, with your the past coach I was here with Jimbo, because he probably would have yanked your helmet in, and he would have said a few nice words. I think... It's not going to work that way with Willie Taggart here. It's got to change. There's got to be some discipline because right now they're really screwing themselves, and if they get into close games, you just got to watch out for somebody throwing a late hit and giving that offense, the opposing offense, time to go and go down the field and score. So that's that's got to change or things are going to be in a rough situation. One I mean, I thing – go I, ahead. Just to kind of speak to your point – Taggart's kind of already addressed the way that they handle uh, personal foul penalties. Uh, sort of after this game in, in his press conference, uh, saying uh, when it comes to those selfish penalties, that can't happen. We just can't have those things that kill this football team. We've got to do more in practice, more from a punishment standpoint with the ones that do the selfish things because it's killing this football team. Uh, if we get better at those things, I think you'll see a better football team. So, I mean, I think he understands. Like, you've got to it's, it's time to kind of lay down the law. And, and so, I, you know, Taggart spoke to that. They're going to do more from a punishment standpoint in practice. Uh, also, you kind of saw, you know, with them leaving DJ in Tallahassee this weekend, uh, saying he didn't meet standards in practice. And so um, I think Taggart is, is addressing that uh, just from a, a strict stricter uh, standpoint. Yeah, I mean, I, it shows that he is dressing and he's telling the people and all that, but I'm kind of going off to the actions I see that happens on the field. You, yeah. got, you got a video of, the, of Dontavious Jackson grabbing a guy's neck, throwing it into the ground, and, and pushing it down into the field. Next game, yeah. he's in after five plays. I agree. Sorry, yeah. that doesn't. I, and I and played high school year, football. Too. I wouldn't have played a half. I, I would have been yanked yeah. off the field. Um, and that's just, I don't know if they're desperate have Dontavious Jackson in there but I'm sorry you got to go and play the young cats in there it's time to set them you got to set set how it is man if they're desperate to have Dontavious Jackson in the football game it's sad we're in trouble yeah yeah well Well, even last year one of the main faults with Florida State was penalties so I mean that that hasn't changed coming in 2019 yeah there's no there's no discipline I don't know what they're doing maybe they're slapping them on the wrist during practices or making them jog a couple minutes down the field but 
it ain't working. Make them dance off. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna dance off. You have to dance for 30 minutes straight. Um, but yeah, not not looking good. But anyways, let's get to DJ Matthews. As we heard uh, before the game, uh, it was addressed that he was not going to be there because he did not fit team expectations. Uh, I personally heard on my end of things that he was even thinking about transferring before the season already started to actually a playoff caliber team uh, before Florida State was going to be begin their 2019 campaign. But yeah, DJ Matthews, we'll have to keep an eye on it. Uh, do you all have any thoughts on him? Because it looked like Keyshawn Helton is going to be your guy moving forward there in his replace. I mean, I think DJ is kind of one of those guys, uh, sort of like... Uh, you know, just guys that have been on this roster the past few years um, who, uh, not to say his name, but a guy that Jimbo brought in, um, even though I just said his name, um, <laughs> a guy who is sometimes a me first kind of guy who doesn't always uh, put his teammates above himself, who doesn't always think of the team first. Um, so there's still definitely that uh, portion of guys still on the team. Um and so it's uh, – I was kind of – I think it's a great standard for Willie Taggart to set. You know, if you're going to have that mentality, it's uh, – you know, you're not going to play football for us. And so I'm all for Keyshawn Helton getting his touches because when he does, he makes the most of them. Um, so hopefully DJ can get right because he's a really special player. Um, hopefully he can uh, sort of put his ego aside and, and, and put this team first. Yeah, I thought, I thought DJ Matthews – Definitely has shown himself to be one of the more explosive players in Florida State's wide receiving core over the first two games of the season. Obviously, he scored He scored against ULM. He had that big punt return against Boise State in the fourth quarter. But, you know, like you said, Fisher, I mean, with this news coming out, it, it's really just it's a selfish mentality to have to want to transfer from your team because they're not playoff caliber. I mean, he signed with Florida State. In 2017 and I mean he knew what he was getting into when he stayed when Tiger came here I mean it wasn't all going to be sunshine and rainbows obviously it hasn't he hasn't produced to the level that he would like and I don't know maybe it maybe it's like a George Campbell situation where he can go somewhere and and finally break out but I mean it's, I don't it's selfish to quit on your team in yeah the middle of the season. yeah there's something to quitting on on our team during the middle of the season, but I don't necessarily have anything against like wanting to transfer or leave. Yeah, yeah. Like if you want to go like win, like I get that. Like Lander Dickerson wanted to go win, and he went to Alabama, and he's ex- excelling, and good for him. You know that was the right decision. Um, but like, I, I, you know, if if you don't want to be a part of Florida State, then leave. Like it's it's a, it's a detriment <laughs> to this team to have guys that aren't all in. And so you know, I'm not saying that it's necessarily selfish to want to go play somewhere else where you have a chance to win um i get that you know you're talented and you know some some schools you're, you're probably gonna get that a whole lot more and get a lot more nfl attention so by all means go do that but not in the middle of the season and not when it's to the detriment of of the guys that you have been you know working with and guys that really are committed to, to turning florida state around yeah but at the same time you know it's going to give Guys, like we mentioned, Keyshawn Helton, yeah, more time yeah. on the field. Maybe right. even a younger guy like Demarcus Adams, obviously, Ontario Wilson. Mm-hmm. So Florida State still has capable players to replace Matthews. And 
really now they'll be looking at Keyshawn Heldon to take that next step and start becoming a breakout wide receiver. Yeah, and and DJ is he's back, correct? He's back with the team. I think I believe I saw. Um, so, I mean, yeah, Taggart, Taggart said today he's back. Uh, so we'll see what that looks like moving forward. Yeah, buddy, we will keep an eye on that for sure. Uh, another thing that happened. Uh, with this week it's been kind of a weird week but Florida State did bring on uh, Willie Tyrett's good friend uh, Jim Levitt uh, a pretty respected uh, defensive minded coach Uh, he coached at South Florida from 1997 to 2009 he went over to San Francisco to the 49ers there and coached linebackers from 2011 to 2014 from there he went to Colorado for a year and then to Oregon for a year with Taggart uh, and then um, now he's here and hired now as a senior defensive analyst uh, for Florida State. Y'all tell me about what y'all think about Jim Levin, what he brings to this Florida State defense that is probably in some dire need of organizing some things and you know figuring out uh, what they can do to you know turn this defense around quick. Well, I think the most important thing to note on is that Levin was here during the spring when Florida State began to make that transition to the 3-4 defense and he actually helped install it at the very beginning. So to have him come back, to to have a guy who's a veteran 3-4 defensive coordinator is going to be huge because, I mean, like we've said previously, Harlan Barnett, the 3-4 isn't, isn't his scheme. He's been a 4-3 guy ever since he's been at Michigan State. And, you know, these first two games – he hasn't looked like a 3-4 defensive coordinator as Florida State got abused against Boise State and, and ULM. I'm not – we kind of talked about it before we got on here and started recording, but not really sure how much Levitt contributed to Saturday's defensive performance since he didn't formally join the staff until Wednesday evening. But it's definitely something to talk about because I'm sure he did uh, have some ideas and – you know, Florida State probably listened to them, maybe employed some of them, and the defense was as successful Saturday as it's been in 2019. So hopefully moving forward, it'll just get even better with Levitt contributing. Yeah, and, and as you kind of touched on, Dustin, there's no way that, that Levitt had any real impact on, on uh, the defensive side of the ball against Virginia, and we already kind of saw that defense. I don't know if you – Maybe saw them take a step forward, but um, I don't know that they took a step back. I don't know that they got worse, um, which is a good sign. Um, and so this week, you know, Taggart's mentioned they're looking to get Libet uh, more involved uh, and and kind of now that he's sort of settled in a little bit, maybe not quite yet, but he's kind of has an idea of what this football team is. He's going to be a valuable asset going forward. And so, um, you know, the three four is is this is what he does. This is what he coaches. This is what he teaches. This is what he's good at. Um, and you know, Harlan, Harlan Barnett, you know, did a lot of great stuff in Michigan state. So it's not like he's just, uh, inept and, and right. not able to, to coach good defense. And so I think, you know, having these two minds together, um, could really, uh, help this defense, uh, achieve, uh, more than they could maybe a week ago before you hired Levitt. So, um, we'll kind of see, I think it's going to take a little, still a little bit more time, um, for Levitt to have a huge impact impact maybe two or three more games before he can really uh make his make his presence known and kind of know who this football team is and and what his personnel is capable of doing um but uh, just a really strong hire by taggart Uh, this is the guy that he wanted from the beginning this is who 
if if you gave <laughs> if Willie Taggart had to answer you honestly, this is who he would have as his defensive coordinator. So, um, yeah, ex- excited about about that hire and their ability to to get him in that defensive room. Yeah, and you really get the best out of both worlds by combining the defensive minds of Harlan Barnett and Jim Leavitt. So right. it should be interesting to see how they work together moving exactly. forward. Yep. It's Leavitt or Levitt? What are we doing here? What are we picking? I think it's Levitt. I'm feeling Levitt. 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 Okay, because Dustin Novi said leave it. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> all right, two for two on the night. Here we, here we are again. <laughs> He'll be all right. Yeah, he was sick, I'm Fisher. Sure. I'm sorry. Transferred to Mississippi Sorry, Jim. State. Yeah, you can tra- I'm transfer tra- to Mississippi We'll teach you a few things. Uh-huh. Look out. <laughs> uh, another uh, cool stat that Fisher gave me before coming on to here, before we hit the record button, uh, Florida State is last in the FBS as a whole for the time of possession on offense. Um, yeah, Logan, that's a cool stat. Do you like that one, guys? I thought I'd spruce up everything after we talked about the cool hire that Florida State just had. Um, I thought I'd just bring up a nice stat there. Uh, but, yeah, Florida State. I have, I have another good – I can give you another positive stat. Uh, Cam Akers uh, is your fifth leading rusher through week three of college football. So that's a cool one there. How about that, Dustin? Does that make you feel better? I guess that helps after he was like 500th last year. Yeah, well, that so, four hundred improvement. 495 spots up for uh, Cam Akers. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, so Florida State, obviously, that doesn't help whatsoever for your offense. But, you know, and we were talking about it before we came on here. Uh, this offense is run ran really fast, too. So it's kind of iffy to kind of look at this stat. Uh, of course, we know that the defense is on the field a lot. But I think – with with Bryles and and Tyler, what they're trying to do, it, sometimes it's very quick. I mean, it's it's insanely quick because usually the last two games I've had to live tweet it, and that's already I've already have arthritis in my fingers. It's very hard to keep up to date. I can hardly look at the TV before the next play is being uh, being ran. So, but this this offense is incredibly fast uh, and. Uh, it puts the defense out there on the field a lot if they run three and out real quick. You know, there's not a lot of time. to re- There's not much time whatsoever. Uh, and so that was just a fun stat I thought I'd bring up on here uh, on this beautiful Monday evening. you all have any thoughts about that and maybe some ways for them to fix that? Yeah, run plays slower. <laughs> You would be a great coach. <laughs> You'd be a very great coach. Well, see, and, and a lot of this had to do, I mean, Blackman was off a lot in that first part of the game, uh, and you don't really see that from him. There was a there was quite a few drops, though, from wide receivers. But he, he when he throws it and, and it's in between tight coverage, uh, he, he, he likes to sling it. Um, and, and they're not always the easiest He'll put it where it needs to be, but sometimes it's pretty hot coming in. Uh, but there were there was a few drops that uh, the wide receivers didn't help him with during the game. But if y'all have any uh, opinions on the offense and not having a lot of time of possession, the worst in the country right now. I guess I would say I can see how it really affects the, the defense's energy by, by the time the fourth quarter gets here. I mean, you saw the the defense hold Virginia to just ten points in that entire first half. 
blanked them in the third quarter. Poor Porter comes around. Virginia scores 21 points in the final frame. So, I mean, just looking at some of these drives that Florida State's offense had, the longest drive of the game by the Florida State offense, eight plays, 87 yards in two minutes and 45 seconds. I mean, that's that's ridiculous. So pretty much it's Florida State scoring. And I, I just, I'm just i going to be generous moving forward. Florida State scoring in about three and a half minutes or less, or they're going to be punting the ball in maybe a minute or two of possession time. Because this offense, this offense is moving at an insane level. Absolutely insane. To go eight plays and 87 yards in two minutes and 45 seconds, that's ridiculous. You look over at Virginia, 11 plays, 75 yards in six minutes and 33 seconds. So they're over there taking chunks off the clock while Florida State just comes in and dices off two minutes and 45 seconds. So really, Virginia's over there tarring out defenses. Well, even though Florida State is scoring, they're doing it so fast that I don't really think the Virginia defense is getting that tired. Mm-mm. Yeah, I, I mean, Dustin said it all there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, just one last thing to bring up for this game, and we'll get to some other side uh, pieces. Joshua Kando uh, is out for the rest of the season due to an ankle injury. It looked pretty nasty. I kind of saw it coming. I believe uh, it was Brooks, a linebacker, who kind of got pushed or was falling backwards, but he, he landed on Joshua Kando's leg, and it, I knew that wasn't going to turn out well. But he is out for the rest of the season. That's probably uh, your most talented defensive end uh, that Florida State's defense is going to be without. And, and that's a that's a tough tough one there because you got to go to your depth now uh, and it's not not so great you have to go to some younger guys uh, and then see what kind of potential they have yeah i mean not ideal not ideal for sure we've already talked about how florida state's pass rush is going to take a step back after brian burns went to the nfl and Joshua Kando was supposed to be that guy that was going to take the next step and become the best pass rusher on this team. And, you know, instead you lose him three games in into his junior season before he really even got a chance to get it all started. I think I might've said this. I can't remember if I did or not, but I, I, I heard a few other people say this as well, that Josh, Joshua Kando was kind of that, puzzle piece that if he were to uh, grow into what everyone thinks he can be, that he was a puzzle piece that could make this defense uh, take a step from uh, potentially good to great. Now, this is before mm-hmm. this is before the season, so nobody really knew how, how awful this defense would be, but he was, <laughs> he was kind of the guy that everyone was kind of like, man, if he turns and you have Joshua Kando and you have Marvin Wilson and you get – decent linebacker play and then you have the dbs that you do with their depth i mean this this could be uh you know nationally a a great defense and so now you kind of lose that and and i don't really think that kando was going to turn into what people hoped he could be this season just based off of the sample set that we have i don't think he ever showed dominance or anything like that but not that not to say that he was a bad player for you um definitely hurts your depth uh he was kind of that combo guy with 
Janarius Robinson. And so now you're looking for J Rob to, to really, um, you know, have a, have a bigger load than he's already had. Uh, and I kind of saw against Virginia, they used, uh, I think I saw Adonis Thomas in there a little bit. Um, and, mm-hmm. and Josh Brown kind of made, yeah. made appearances there. Um, so those are two guys that they're kind of, kind of look to, to, uh, um, you know, do what they can. Two guys that have never really proven to, to give you any real solid production, but guys that they're going to lean on. Um, Taggart kind of was vague today with comments saying we have some more players of the position. Um, and so he, I guess he's got kind of an idea in mind. Um, and one guy to look for that, that we've seen a little bit is uh, Derek McClendon. Um, just sort of a dark horse to, to sort of fill in that role as well. So uh, we'll see kind of where they go from here. But, um, yeah, this definitely, you know, doesn't doesn't help at all. Yeah, and obviously you've still got Leonard Warner and Amari Gaynor in there as well. Yeah. Gaynor's flashed a little bit uh, early in the season while – I'd say Warner has, has left some. He's had a tough. Uh, I was going to bring him up. He's had a tough <laughs> season so far. Yeah, it's been a little tough. His performance has left a little bit to be desired. Yeah, no, it's been it's been a little tough. Having him out in, in coverage is not, not the greatest idea. I mean, I think your better guy, of course, is Amari Gaynor, who showed some good signs of, of better coverage play uh, than, than Leonard Warner. It's been pretty. And that was really why why we figured Florida State was moving Warner down to defensive end during the offseason to get him out of those cover situations, which is kind of his main deficiency when he was at linebacker. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and it, another thing that I've noticed too is Cedric Wood has been getting a lot of burn this season. I don't know if y'all have noticed that, uh, but Cedric Wood is a local product here from uh, Godby. Uh, but he's mm-hmm. been getting a lot, lot of burn this season. They must like uh, Odell Higgins must really like what he's seen from him in practice and in the games and watching film. But he, he's getting a lot of burn. Uh, a, a guy that kind of flashed a little bit for just a few plays while he was in was uh, Dennis Briggs. Uh, he's just a redshirt freshman, but we've heard some good things about him uh, during fall camp in the spring. Uh, I'd keep an eye on him too. Uh, throughout the rest of these next couple of weeks to see what he can produce on the field there. Because I, I during the game, if, if you go look back at it, he during his time and he took advantage of the playing time, he, he had some flashes and looked nice and was driving offensive linemen back. So uh, that, that, that's a couple positives there um, from those guys. Uh, I, we still have no update yet on Travis J. Um, I actually saw him when going to class this morning but uh haven't had any update there i know that's a big question right now should have just you should have asked him i know i know and usually i do do those things but it looked like he was on a rush to uh, class just like i was so i didn't want to <laughs> didn't want to bother uh but yeah that's something that obviously is Still, what what are we hearing? It's something with the high school and the college, and it's not counting as a credit. It didn't come through, so he's having to take that class. Something's yeah. Weird. It was it was a an online class, I believe, that was that was flagged by the clearinghouse, and it's I mean, it's, I guess it's still under review. I mentioned it before on uh, either the last podcast or a few back that one of his high school teammates had a similar issue. And it's it's already been resolved, and and that player is back playing for his current school. So yeah, hopefully yeah, yeah. Travis J gets the same news soon. 
I remember that. Dustin, Dustin, do you think for Travis J to be eligible right now that he would be making some sort of impact, kind of like Akeem Denton has, uh, even maybe even more so than Akeem Denton? I don't know. I definitely think Travis J would be on the field. I mean, we've already seen, like you said, you mentioned Akeem Dent. We've also seen Renardo Green get some time yeah. back there in the defensive backfield. So I think Jay would definitely be getting some some snaps as a reserve. And with this Matthew news coming out, he might also be elevated to FSU's starting punt returner because he was listed as the backup punt returner to begin the season. Yeah. Yeah. One one before we move on to the last little bit of the podcast here, how about Ricky Aguayo? I mean, we were getting talks throughout the offseason, like, you know, he, he's got some big competition with Fitzgerald coming in as a true freshman. Uh, Ricky's been pretty nice so far uh, for Florida State. I mean, yeah, Ricky's quietly had a just a solid season. Uh, and it's it's always good for it's kind of like with with offensive linemen like if you never hear anything about them that means they're doing their job great <laughs> and it's kind of the same with kickers I mean unless unless you're uh, Roberto Aguayo and you just are unreal um, it's kind of the same with kickers as long as they're doing their job well you, you don't really hear too much and I think it's kind of what we're seeing from Ricky just you know flying quiet, under the radar quietly having a solid year so that's definitely helpful I can't imagine. Uh, if if he was struggling, just you know, it just could always be worse. So that's definitely helpful. Yeah, last year Ricky Aguayo, eleven out of seventeen total from field goals. This year he started off three for three while knocking in all thirteen of his extra points, including that fifty-three yarder against Virginia. Which man, that was a long field goal. I was, yeah, I got kind of I got kind of nervous before he kicked it, but it looked like it would have been good from at least sixty, honestly. Yeah, yeah, and he was, he's also, he's been named the captain for the special teams, so it, it's been, it's good to see him pulling through and, and having a nice, successful season so far, this 2019 campaign. To end it off here, we just got news earlier today, Jalen Ramsey has requested a trade uh, from the Jaguars, if you didn't see the game. Uh, looked like uh, him and his head coach uh, got into a little fight there. Don't know what it was about, but it seemed like it wasn't just Jalen. Uh, he had some guys backing him up, uh, but I think Ronnie Harrison had to grab uh, their coach and pull him off to local the product. Yeah, local, local product. Local Florida High. I got to put in there for you, Dustin. You're alum. Yes, sir. Um, but yeah, so he's he's now requesting a trade, and, and what's funny now is that one of our co-hosts on here is a big, big, big Titans fan. Yeah, and he so, really doesn't. No, whoa, whoa, and he doesn't oh, really whoa. have any excitement <laughs> ever every Sunday to look forward to. So he he does uh, still have Mariota as his quarterback, but we'll give Fisher the floor here because obviously he has a lot to say. Well, I'm excited to bring back a portion of the podcast that I kicked off uh, last year called Titan Talk with Fisher. Uh, <laughs> so welcome back to this segment of the podcast where I give you the latest oh. tit- Titans updates. Um, suffered a, a, a disappointing a loss. To Colts. Colts on Sunday, uh, 1917. Um, Mariota almost made a comeback. Didn't work out. Anyway, Jalen Ramsey looking to uh, return back home to the 615. 
uh, where he was born and bred. Uh, you know, you all have seen those pictures of Jalen Ramsey with his little Titans jerseys on as a little kid. And I know it's his dream to come back home and put on that two-tone blue for the Titans and uh, lead this team to, uh, to the promised land and secure Nashville's first Lombardi trophy. Uh, so I'm um, super excited to have Jalen back. You know, the news is not official, but I'm sure it's going to happen any day now. Uh, <laughs> Adam Scheffner over here? What's going on? Anyway, so just, to, you know, I've, I'm already, I'm already uh, going to order my jersey. I'm just waiting. Um, but super excited to have the best corner in the NFL uh, back right where he belongs in Nashville, Tennessee. Anyway, that's been Titan Talk with Fisher. I appreciate your, your time and patience. <laughs> Well, Austin Vizi, our, our newest writer to NoelGameDay.com, put out a piece right after the news came out about him requesting the trade. Top teams for him most likely to go to, Austin uh, noted, were the Titans, Oakland, uh, the Philadelphia Eagles, the Minnesota Vikings, Seattle, the Seattle Seahawks, and the New England Patriots. And uh, if it were to be the Patriots, and, and I'm a Steelers fan... <laughs> <laughs> And if he, if he were to go, if if he Except were if he if he were to go to the Patriots, I'd figure out a way to hurt myself. Uh, <laughs> don't take don't take it too seriously because it's 2019 now. But I, I wouldn't I wouldn't do anything. Up. Yeah, I wouldn't do anything crazy to myself. But I would really hurt myself though. Um, but yeah, so those are the top teams right now. Y'all can go check that out at nullgamedate.com. Uh, Austin put in a great piece there giving you info uh real quick too i kind of want to note on a guy that's uh showing out like we knew he would sorry for you bucks fans uh but how about dalvin cook your leading rusher heading in to uh, week three of the nfl i mean whoo he's he's special yeah i mean classic dalvin this is this is really what we we've been waiting for since he got to the nfl for him to finally be healthy and, and start showing out like he did in Tallahassee. I don't think this is a surprise for any FSU fan at all. I, I think, you know, you're just kind of seeing who Dalvin is and it's a continuation of what he did at Florida state. And, yeah. uh, I was smart enough to draft him in both my fantasy leagues and it's paid off. It's paid dividends so far. Um, but Logan, that, who are you smart enough to draft? Sorry to interrupt. <laughs> oh Yeah. Well, here's a fun fact. Uh, my two <laughs> quarterbacks that I drafted, you want to take a quick guess at how my football year is looking so far? My two quarterbacks are Ben Roethlisberger and uh, Drew Brees. So things are going great. Um, I think I'm thinking about I'm thinking about gardening. Uh, I just went to Home Depot, found some good sod that I'm going to start laying out. I'm actually, this whole weekend, I'm going to be laying out some sunflowers. So if y'all want to come over, Dustin, anytime this weekend and help me uh, pack a couple sunflower seeds into the ground. As long as they're yellow and black, I'm there. (laughs) I don't know what that means. Because Steelers. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's why I have Hard sunflowers, yellow and black. Yep. Dalvin Cook, yep. uh, Dalvin Cook has 265 yards and three touchdowns. Saquon Barkley has 227 yards and one touchdown. And Ezekiel Elliott only has 164 yards for two touchdowns. Uh, so, yeah, that's not too shabby, I don't think. Nope. So, excited for him. And I, I just like watching Dalvin Cook, so it's fun and it's good to see him doing well. Got to get him on the podcast. Uh, 
but uh, yeah, I think that'll do it for this week or for the recap of the Virginia game and going through the hot topics of the week so far. We will be recording again on Wednesday evening, looking ahead to Florida State's matchup with Louisville that will be kicking off at 3.30. As always, you guys can listen to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, and Google Play. If you're on iTunes, feel free to rate us five stars and leave a review. Uh, and also, you can follow us on Twitter at Hear the Spear. We were actually uh, charted up on the iTunes in the sports category during for our last podcast. So thank you guys so much for listening to that one. I know we have a lot of new listeners coming on. So from me and the rest of the team on here, we thank you so much. Hopefully you'll stick with us for the rest of the season. I know it's a tough one, but at least hopefully we'll give you something entertaining to listen to for the rest of the season. We'll try to at least. Uh, but yeah, we got charted up. And how about that? Thank you guys so much for listening. <laughs>